Smartcast. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Love Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the social psychic. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It is with great pleasure that I have the opportunity of interviewing Diana Joy as part of our Coming Out Psychic Series. Our show will feature individuals who have privately helped many people in their lives as part of their spiritual path. These unsung heroes and light workers choose to work behind the scenes and use their intuitive gifts and abilities without any recognition. They elect to give their time and energy to counsel, nurture, and reassure those in need. I'm pleased to highlight my first guest relating to this topic, Diana Joy. I first became acquainted with Diana during a visit to Costa Rica in 2012. During that time, I was still on my own personal journey of acceptance regarding my intuition and mediumship. Diana originally hails from San Diego, where she worked as a hospice nurse for approximately 10 years. Diana relocated to Costa Rica at the end of 2010 in order to pursue the Pura Vida lifestyle. She currently co-owns the Pelican Hotel located in the Central Pacific Coast area of Costa Rica, which is 30 minutes between the Jaco and Manuel Antonio communities. Diana will discuss her personal experiences regarding spirituality, mediumship, psychic guidance, end-of-life planning, and the importance of maintaining one's connection with nature. It's with great pleasure that I introduce Diana Joy at this time. Welcome to the show, Diana. Thank you, Jason. It's an honor to be here, and thank you for taking the time to spread your positive messages to the world. Thank you for joining us. I know you're visiting from Costa Rica right now, and uh, it's just such a, a pleasure to have you on the show. I um, Thank you so much. I'm looking – oh, no problem. You are probably one of the, the most spiritual people I know which fits within what I call my coming out psychic series, meaning that you, you're very private about your, your gifts and your abilities, and you probably won't even call it a gift. But I will tell you from everyone around you that you truly do have your own gifts, and you inspire many in a very private way that I wanted to highlight today. And um, basically what I want to do is, and I know you have you been on radio shows before or podcasts? No, this is my first one. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, no, it's no problem. This is going to be a good, a good time for both of us. What I, what I want to do is first, yeah, what I want to do is first get into your background. Can you tell us, uh, I know you're from California, is that correct? Right. San Diego, exactly. And you worked, and that, that's what I find fascinating as well, because I was sharing with you my personal story about my grandfather, which I know you're aware of. My grandfather right. passed from a stroke in 2004 
And when he died, his last remaining days was at a hospice. And that's always been something that's very dear to us and my family because my grandmother also passed in a hospice as well. And uh, uh-huh. I wanted to see if you could, I wanted to see if you could share with us uh, your personal experience with uh, working as a hospice nurse for the last, you know, for 10 years of your life. Certainly. I'd, yeah, it'd be my pleasure. Um, basically, um, the main purpose of hospice is for those that are about to have their end of life is to end their life with dignity. Um, so whatever their wishes are, those that become their care providers need to honor and respect those wishes um, so that the person is dying with dignity and and that they're around those that love them and respect their wishes. And um, it's imperative to create that spiritual environment around them so that that person, when they go in their last days, has that connection with their loved ones and um, there's really not really a time for sadness it's a time for celebration to celebrate that person's life so that when they pass it's it's a very peaceful serene situation um, rather than a painful sad one and um, my time in hospice yeah it really was and my time in hospice what it did is it open that window for those that have passed, uh, allowing me to be a communicator to those that are here in this world. And um, it it really did change my life as far as becoming a healer because it allowed me to listen to those that have passed and to convey messages to those so that those people that are in this life, in this world, would be more at peace knowing that their loved ones were still able to communicate with them through me. And, um, yeah, it's really, miracles can happen when those people that are here in this world can feel that their loved ones have passed in peace rather than in pain. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) One of the things I want to ask you, when you say that you were able to communicate for those in this world with those in the other world, would it be accurate to say that you do have the ability to pick up on deceased loved ones or people as they're crossing over? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, It just really depends on the circumstance and the the power of the spirit. Uh, A lot of times um, I will get a message before somebody passes to, to give a message to those that are here in this world to say, you know, hey, we're we're going to be okay. It's almost like an intuition, like a premonition uh, before something happens, if you will. And uh, but I think my strongest communication is those that have recently passed, where the the family is sort of left in sort of like this in limbo, and they need some sort of message to give those that are here in this world some sort of reassurance like, hey, just let you know I'm okay and here's what you need to do in order to feel at peace. So I believe it's, you know, something that we all have and and it it really does help to trust those messages. What I find fascinating too is that you, um, as you were a hospice nurse, you had a team of people that assisted you in California when you did your job there. Is that correct? 
Yes, that's correct. Yeah. The team is, um, you know, it's not only are we a medical team, but we're also a spiritual team as well. Uh, and the spirit needs to be um, celebrated and respected across all, you know, spirituality beliefs, whether you're Christian or or non-denominational or, you know, Jewish or Hindu or Muslim, all of that needs to be respected because it, truthfully we're all humans and the, the belief that we each have is unique in ourselves and whatever belief that is, is part of the team has to educate, our, we have to educate ourselves on those beliefs and those spiritual, um, you know, practices and bringing that into the home when the person is passing is a very important part of hospice work. Now, as a hospice care nurse, did you um, have the patient that was passing or, or in the process of end of life, um, were they in a facility with you or would you go to their house or how would that work? Right. I primarily did home care work. Uh, there were times when we did get called to the hospice facilities and then we would help transition the family and the patient to their home because most of the time the patients would want to um, pass in their homes because that's where they felt more comfortable. Sure. What motivated you to become a hospice nurse? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> basically I knew that I wanted to become a healer and so I started off uh, working in a sort of like a um, long-term care facility, and I found that I just there wasn't enough time in the day to provide the patient the level of patient care that I wanted to provide. So I found myself frustrated. So I went over and I tried to work in a hospital, uh, which was acute care, and then I found myself even more frustrated <laughs> doing that because. You know, there's, you want to provide good quality patient care, and there just really isn't enough time in the day to do that. Uh, so then I had a really good mentor who helped guide me, and she said, you know, you have a special gift. You really want to provide good quality care. You should consider home care and hospice care because you can provide one-on-one -on -one care from your heart, from the love that you have, from a healer, from a spiritual healer, and that's where you will thrive. And I did that, and I loved it. I, You know, a lot of times people will tell me, oh, you know, I could never do that. It takes a special person to do that. Truthfully, we're all special people. We, could all, we all have the ability to do it. Uh, we just, it's just something that we all have inside of us. We all have hearts. We all have the ability to love and after you practice it enough, you become, you, you find that the love inside your heart is so much greater than we than you ever have known. And when you tap into that, it's really amazing how many, how miracles can really occur. I think that's an incredible um, thing that you did in terms of committing yourself to working on a phase that many people don't think about. You know, a lot of people are scared of end-of-life planning or afraid of approaching someone as they're dying and giving care to them. And I think that you were very brave to do that. And it takes a special kind of person to be able to do that. And I think that you should be commended for that. Thank you. What I want – oh, no problem. 
I know you had some interesting story that we had spoken about before the show regarding hospice care. Um, I'd like you to just kind of share one or two stories regarding your personal mm-hmm. experiences that you considered memorable. Uh, first, we're focusing on the California stuff, and then I figured we can kind of move into your current life in Costa Rica and how that's even followed you there. Certainly, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's see. One of the most memorable cases that I had was actually um, one of my neighbors. Uh, she realized that I was a hospice nurse, and at the time they lived a couple doors down from us. So, of course, I was honored to help her with her end of life. And she was in a situation where she had had um, a couple of heart attacks, and she also suffered from diabetes, so she knew that. Um, we, and remember, with hospice, it's not necessarily. A lot of times, people think that it's people that are passing that just have cancer. Um, well, hospice is now um, sort of changed into just more end of life for any anybody it, now for anyone. So, um, in this case, it was she she had um, heart issues. Anyway. Um, I was not working for her on this particular day. Um, her daughter just came over to get me, and her daughter was kind of hysterical. And I went over there, and um, Jean is, was her name. And Jean had actually fallen. She had tried to walk outside, evidently, and she had fallen. And I don't, I don't even know how long she had been had how long she had fallen, how long it had been since she had fell. Anyway, I found her and um I tried to resuscitate her but it wasn't I wasn't able to resuscitate her. She was in her garden. And wow. so I uh, yeah, and so I held her and I tried to resuscitate her but it was I wasn't able to do that. Anyway so we ended up calling the paramedics. The paramedics showed up, and I felt guilty because I hadn't done what I needed to do, my job, because I wasn't there. And it was it was just a really awkward situation as far as the timing goes. Her family had left. She didn't know what to, they didn't know what to do. And anyway, so um, I I carried a lot of guilt with me for a while. And I questioned why I allowed that to happen. You know, was it my fault? Was it, you know, what was going on? Was Did I need to choose another career or whatever? And she came to me in the middle of the night. She sat me up in my bed, and she had this white flowing gown on, and she hugged me with all of her soul. Her entire soul hugged my entire soul. In other words, to say, I forgive you, forgive yourself, don't carry this guilt with you. And at that moment, the guilt went away, and she was at peace, and I was at peace. And from that moment on, I realized that there's such a powerful connection between this world and the spirit world. It's a very thin veil. And if we open our minds and our hearts to it, we do have the ability to connect with that world. And whether it's forgiveness or pain or support or any type of healing that we need, it's there. We just have to open our minds and hearts to it. 
that was a very powerful, powerful experience that I had. I think that's an incredible story. And I think that anyone who listens to our show and, and when they hear this, and if they're grieving somebody, they can really identify to that message because I think it's such a healing message to share. And I appreciate that. Certainly. Let me let me go into a couple, a, a little lighter, <laughs> a little lighter stuff because I know um, we've been focusing on this, but I, I do love your message because I think it's so important. Um, your intuitive abilities themselves. At what age did you notice that you were a healer? Um, I call it light worker. The, the names, the words are interchangeable. But at what point did you start noticing that you had this ability to connect spiritually um, and intuitively? that the average person may not be as well connected themselves? Well, let's see. I'd probably have to say in my late 20s uh, when I started working with people um, on a more medical way and a medical um, platform. And I believe that when you work with people and you're healing them and you're touching them, uh, you develop the ability to have that intuition and to know what people need and I found that as the more people that I worked with as I as I aged in my late 20s and I found that it just it just became so much more obvious that okay well there's obviously a greater part of healing that I need to tap into and this is in the spiritual world and I believe that anyone that works in healthcare will say will agree that it does it opens up a window where you can receive energy and messages from those, whether they're in this world or whether they've passed, it's a very strong intuition that you develop. And um, and the more you do it, the more the more it becomes more more prevalent in, in your mind and in your heart. That's great. And you, I think you have different forms of intuition that you even may not always connect. It's just natural for you. And I call it natural spirituality because I'm not coining a phrase from this, but that's my impression from talking to you. I feel like you just treat it as something that's natural within yourself and you haven't really given a label to it. Is that correct? Right. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I, I, I believe that once we have the ability to communicate with human spirits, I believe it also transitions into the animal world um, that which is connected directly, obviously, with nature. Uh, living in Costa Rica, um, the connection with the spiritual world is more powerful there because you don't have the vibrations that you have here in the non-natural world, if you will. And there in Costa Rica, we're, I'm connected with the natural world, and so it's it's a very strong connection when I go you know, when I pray and I, I manifest things and I, there's a sense of power, there's a sense of serenity, there's a sense of, um, a stronger sense of healing with with nature that's very, very strong and very powerful. I've never felt that before until I relocated down there and it's really, miracles happen there that have never, I've never experienced in any any other time in my life. Now, I consider California, being from the East Coast, I consider California a magical place for someone like myself because I grew up in New Jersey, live in Florida, travel up and down the East Coast. When I, oh, I've been to California twice, once to San Francisco and once to L.A. Both times I considered okay. it this. 
And anyone I ever interact with that either has lived out in California or has spent time out there, there's just a, such an right. openness to spirituality out there that amazes me. I wish the rest of the country had that as well. Uh, what I want right. to ask you is, what motivated you guys, and I know you and Mikey, your husband, what motivated you guys to leave California, San Diego, to, to pick up, leave your family, leave your friends there, and make that brave decision to relocate to Costa Rica in 2010? Um, well, basically, we traveled there um, on a three-month honeymoon <laughs> back in 2000. Okay. And the day that we arrived was um, what they called Dio de los Muertes, which is Day of the Dead. And that was a sign. I look for signs in situations where whether we're traveling or whether we're you know, visiting friends or whatever it is. I look for signs, and that was a very clear sign when we when we were there. The first day we arrived was Dio de los Muertes, which is November 2nd. We walked downtown in Alajuela. They have these huge cathedrals in Costa Rica, which are very similar to those in Spain or Italy. And then we walked into the cathedral. There was this choir of these children singing, and... They were singing. It sounded like angels were singing in the choir. They had television crew there. It was a news crew, big news crew. My husband and I sat in the back of the church and literally started crying. It was so beautiful. And I said to my husband, I said, this is where we belong. This is where we belong. Wow. These are the angels. These angels have called us, and this is where we belong. We need to do some work here. We need to be healers here. I believe our prayers have been answered, and so... From that point on, we just kept manifesting this. We want to live in Costa Rica. Let's plan it. We made a 10-year plan. Our plan was to have a hotel, a bed and breakfast in on the beach. We just kept manifesting it, and eventually it happened, and everything fell into place. And it was really incredible the way all the things, when you manifest something and you believe in your heart that you're supposed to be someplace doing something, it really is amazing how that actually does come to fruition, and it, and you can create it, and that's what we did. So. did. And I just want to be clear because some of our listeners, I understand the concept of manifestation. Um, when you refer to manifestation, are you re like what process did that involve? Basically, we we talked to each other and we said, "Do you see yourself living here?" And I said, "I I do," and he said he did, and then I said, "Okay, so let's just make a plan." And let's every day we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pray about it, and we're just gonna put it out there in the universe, and we're just gonna keep hoping that the direction keeps going exactly the way that we want it to, and it did. Everything fell into place. We we had a we had a goal date set, you know, and it was for 2010, and so we knew that in 2009 we had to sell our home. We had to put our children into college because we have two children. Once we were in college, our goal was to move down there. And so it was really amazing how once we started doing that, everything just fell into place without us even really trying. It's almost like the plan was already happening without us even really trying the, for the plan to work. It just started happening. It just fell into place, everything. <laughs> it was really great. That's incredible. It, I, call, I believe very strongly in synchronicity. I feel like when you're on your right path and you set something in action, in, you know, set something in motion, that the synchronicity of the universe will 
Absolutely. help cooperate with you and make it as easy as possible. And that's what it sounds like occurred here with your situation relocating to Costa Rica. That's Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Synchronicity is a very powerful part of spiritual manifestation. I absolutely believe that. When you relocated to Costa Rica, how did you first become aware of your increased connection with all things natural and with your, you know, spirituality there? Oh, well, there's been so many situations. (laughs) Uh, I'd say, I'd say the strongest one um, was when we started, when we had our first hotel, uh, which was called Encantada, and it's about 300 meters from the hotel that we have now. And what we noticed that was really interesting was each weekend that we would host guests, um, our guests all have some, had some sort of commonality. Um, for example, we would have all... German people that had horses one weekend. The next weekend, we'd have all Canadian honeymooners. The following weekend, we'd have, you know, all people from Florida that had teenage children. Um, So there was this commonality that would keep occurring. And I looked at my husband and I said, what, you know, what is this that's creating this to happen? You know, because these people didn't, None of them knew each other, obviously, but for some reason, the spirits or the angels or the gods were bringing them all together at this moment at this hotel. What would create that to happen? And he said, it's the spiritual synchronicity. And I said, absolutely, that's exactly what it is. And the, it's very powerful. So now it's happening. It happens at our at our hotel now that we've been at it for four years. Again, same thing where we have you know, people from Spain that are all pregnant or we have people from Australia that are all surfers. <laughs> so there's just wow. interesting co- commonality and none of these people knew each other, but yet they were connected by one commonality. And, you know, is that coincidence? I don't think so. I think it's it's definitely, you know, we need to trust that the angels and the spirits are working together to create miracles and to bring people together. Definitely. And I know that since you've worked at your hotel, you've had a lot of experience with your own spirituality and intuition on a a daily. Is it something that you experience on a daily basis? Um, Um, Having circumstances that would be described as spiritual? I would say yes. um, Only because I, I seek it every day. Um, I believe that spirituality is, like a a tree or a garden. It needs to be watered and nurtured every day. We need to always give thanks and praise and acknowledge those that are guiding us. And whether those are the angels in our lives that have passed or their family members, I believe we're all being guided by those. And every morning I make it a point to wake up early try to get up before the sun rises, but sometimes that's not possible. (laughs) Um, But I do wake up every morning and I call it my morning quest where it's part of my exercise routine, my yoga. I go out and I, I pray up to the angels and to the gods and I ask them for guidance. I ask them for, you know, answers 
prayers, whatever I need at that moment. If I'm at a crossroads in my life or if I'm celebrating something, I give thanks. And that's very powerful for me. And I believe that we all have that ability. If we all woke up in the morning and went out and acknowledged the spirits, I think that that would would create miracles around the world. Absolutely. I believe it would create miracles around the world. And so... (laughs) Because they are listening, they're listening. We just we need to believe that in our heart and souls that they are listening, and be in tuned with it. I believe very strongly that that's something that's so important. I yes, want to ask absolutely. you: Do you meditate regularly? Yes. <laughs> and I, I find that's a connection for a lot of people who have intuitive abilities and who, you know, who have these these gifts is the connection to prayer, meditation, time, flect, uh, time reflecting on life, tuning out from the distractions of our digital age. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, yes. We have to quiet our minds in order to receive the messages. And I know um, there's a, a couple of things I want to still go through with you. We're halfway through our episode already, Diane, if you could believe that. It goes pretty fast. <laughs> oh, wow, that's great. <laughs> We're going to spend one minute. I actually have an ad for Royal Susie that I'm going to play, and then we're going to come right back on, okay? Certainly. Hold on one second. Okay. It'll be, it'll be 60 seconds. Hold on one second. Are you looking for that perfect gift to express your appreciation for your loved one or bestie? Well, look no further. Royal Susie offers one-of-a-kind designs with genuine high-quality crystals, stones, and the most precious of metals that are guaranteed to satisfy the urges of your inner king or queen. Each piece is handcrafted with love and is sure to inspire and captivate all. Indulge yourself by visiting Royal Susie's website at www.royalsusie.com for splendid items like agate bookends, impressively crystal-studded bottle stoppers and beautifully handcrafted nightlights that will charm every room in your home. Royal Susie's featured collections will truly delight your guests and always make them feel welcome. Any questions? Contact Royal Susie directly by email at royalsusiedesigns.yahoo.com. That was an ad for Royal Susie. Definitely check out their stuff. And if you do Social Psychic 15, I believe there's a discount of 15% off any purchase. Once again, Royal Susie. Diana, welcome back. I uh, thank you. just want to go, thank you. I want to go into a couple of things. When I met you in Costa Rica in 2012, one of the things I was very impressed with was that you don't just talk the talk, but you live it um, in terms of your actions and your diet and, your, and your, what you do on a daily basis. Can you share with our audience, um, one of the things I was impressed with was your utilizing natural uh, coconut water, um, mm-hmm. to make your smoothies. And I, I was very impressed right. with that. Can you share that with us for a few minutes? I just wanted to kind of bring that into the episode because I believe that th- sure. there's a book that I actually am reading called Nutrition for Intuition. And I believe that what we oh. put in our bodies has a lot to do with what we get out of them. And uh, I know you do actually uh, abide by that kind of mindset as well. And I want to see if you could share with us your, your nutrition habits. Oh, certainly. I'd be happy to. Uh, well, Fortunately, in Costa Rica, we have the abundance of natural um, foods and 
it's nice because there's an abundance of it and it's free. You know, you've got, we've got probably over 200 palm trees, coconut palm trees on our property. And so every morning we have gardeners that cut this for us and they, um, what I've done, what I've been doing now is I make a drink uh, with pure organic coconut water, raw cacao, um, apple cider vinegar, and other various herbs that I use. Um, I believe that when our body is full of proper nutrition, our minds ha- are working at an optimum level in order to be in the state of mind that we need to be in. And um, I believe that we need to trust those nutrients and those those healing herbs. So everything is on this earth to heal us. We just need to know how to use it. And there, everything is grown so organically and so healthy. And it's it's wonderful to be able to provide all those nutrients to your, to our bodies and to be able to feel so um, vibrant and energized. It's you know you need we we all need that as humans. And there, it's just flourishing, and it's so wonderful to be a part of that nature. Absolutely. And what I wanted to ask you, too, uh, I believe you also do you, what else do you do in your morn, morning ritual other than perhaps the nutritional aspect of things? What else do you do that you feel inspired from that helps you with your path each day, a spiritual path? Well, uh, I pray. The first thing I do after I drink my, my shake <laughs> is I go out and I, okay. I pray. I find my spot and I meditate and I pray. I do breathing exercises. I believe when we breathe, we're um, inviting in the spirits to our minds and our souls. I, I believe that breathing is a very powerful tool to bring in and invite the spirits into our minds. Uh, and so I just find a quiet spot and I close my eyes and I pray and I say, you know, angels, you're out there send me a message, show me a sign, open my mind, open my heart up to the signs. And as soon as I open my eyes, there's almost every single time there's a bird, there's a cloud, there's a flash of lightning, there's a tree, there's a wave, there's something that is an obvious sign where, hey, you know what, we're here, we hear you, this is your sign, this is your acknowledgement. And it's it's really amazing to, to be able to open our minds and hearts to that and to trust that those are the signs that the spirits are giving us in order for us to heal and to, you know, let go or to be guided or whatever whatever answer you need to just be able to believe in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know you currently work at a place called the Pelican Hotel that you co-own. Is that correct? And manage with your husband? Yes. Yep, it's a beachfront hotel. um, Mm -hmm. Where is it located in Costa Rica? It's located in a little town called Estrellos Este, which is a small little beachfront village. Uh, It's not very well known by a lot of people because it's kind of off the beaten path. (laughs) Um, But it's 30 minutes. Sometimes those are the best places. Sorry. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a very nice, tranquil place for people that are looking to heal or get away from the hustle and bustle of everyday life. It's very what we they call tranquilo, which is relaxed. 
but yeah, it's nice. It's a cute little place. We have a great time there. I mentioned Pura Vida earlier, but I never explained it. I was going to see if you could explain that to our audience. What is Pura Vida? Pura Vida. Pura Vida is everything in Costa Rica. It's a lifestyle. It's a state of mind. It's a greeting. It's a um, it's a love. Um, it's basically, it translates to pure life, and everything in Costa Rica is pure life from the moon, the stars, the trees, the gardens, the children, um, the grandmothers, all the animals. Um, Pura Vida is something that you say to people. It diffuses any situation. It's Basically, I love you, you love me, everything's great, everything's happy, pura vida, pura vida. And you say it back, and it's like, it's an understanding of everything's fine, everything's pure life. <laughs> I've experienced that myself from the time I got off the plane to the time I left, and I thought it was magical, especially in this day and age. Having a society that abides by those kind of principles is, is very liberating. Um, I know you are a hospice care nurse in California. And I know now in your current position with the hotel, you shared with me a story regarding how hospice care works in Costa Rica, actually the lack of hospice care. But I wanted to see if you could describe one of your experiences and the cultural difference between Costa Rica and, for example, the United States in uh, end of life planning and how things work down there and what you personally experienced with your own direct involvement. Right. Okay. Uh, Well, we were coming back from one of our trips to Florida, um, and our flight was delayed by a few hours. So we went to one of the place restaurants in the bar, in the um, airport, and sitting next to us was a gentleman, and we just started talking to him. And I said, you know, in passing, I'm a hosp- I was a hospice nurse in the states, and he said, oh, that's interesting. I'm, he told us that he was actually going to Costa Rica to help one of our friends that was passing and of cancer. And I said, oh, who is this person? And he told me his name. And it just so happened that my husband and I had heard of this person but never really knew who he was. We just heard of his name. It's more of an acquaintance. So as soon as we got back to Costa Rica, I reached out to his what the, the person's wife, that that has that was suffering from cancer, and I said, you know, I'm a hospice nurse. If you need my help, please don't hesitate to ask. I reached out to her, offering my services, and right away she responded back and she said, oh, that would be wonderful. I would love for you to come and help our family. We're having a hard time right now, of course, you know the situation. So I I called her and we talked for probably a good hour and a half, and I said, I'm. You know, I understand your situation. I'm here if you need me. Don't hesitate to ask. A couple days went by. She messaged me and said, can you be here tomorrow at 9 a.m.? I was there at 9 a.m. the next morning. I walked into a situation where the family was divided spiritually. The patient had taken a vow to be basically spiritual, but not really Christian, more of like, spiritual in the universe, spiritual with the okay. angels and the gods. And the, he had been raised um, Jewish. And so the family, his family wanted him to 
readdress and reignite with his um, Jewish practices. And so they were divided on what they should actually do. And I said, well, it's really up to Mark, which is the guy that was suffering of cancer. And so they said, no, 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 this is, and I said, no, listen, you have to understand something. This is something, it's for him. It's not for any of us. It's not for the pastor. It's not for your wife. It's not for the children. It's not for your parents. It's for Mark. It's what he wants. And that's the whole premise of hospice. It's what the patient wants. So we created a beautiful shrine with candles and incense, and we invited everyone in. We created a prayer circle around him. We all prayed around him. We held hands. Every night we did a prayer ritual for him. It was beautiful, and the family was so grateful for me to come in and help them. And Yeah, it was really wonderful, and they kept telling me how if it wasn't for me coming in there, they wouldn't have known what to do. So I considered myself more like a light worker rather than a hospice nurse at that moment because that's really what they needed was just to come in and have some spiritual healing and guidance. That's phenomenal. And that was really wonderful. I think that's great. And they don't really have hospice care down there. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. There's a big, there's a big need for it. Uh, There's a lot of, expats retiring down there and there is a need for long-term care specifically hospice care simply because it doesn't it's not something that's common there in Costa Rica the elders are taken care of by their family members and it's just something that's very traditional in their in their culture and you know say people expats to retire down there there really isn't anybody to care for them and so there's a need so um, who knows, wow. that might be my next calling after the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're open to anything. <laughs> yeah. So. Now, your your interaction at the hotel with your guests has, has also um, caused some psychic experience, spiritual experiences for you, I should say. Uh, you shared a story with me about a guest that you had and – about a tree that blossoms. And I wanted you right. to share that if you're okay with that on the air, because yeah, I think it's such a compelling story. Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, we had a guest. Uh, her name was, I believe, Adrian, And her um, and her husband had come down. They were frequent guests. Um, every year they'd come down for weeks at a time to stay with us. And when people come and stay with us for that length of a time we become close with them we create bonds with them and so we created quite a bond with her and her husband um and so a couple years back they were due to come for their regular visit and she messaged me saying that her husband had passed and he wasn't coming but she was still planning to come and she was crying and she was just it was a very sudden um passing when he passed it was a very sudden thing so it wasn't expected at all Anyway, so uh, I said, well, you know, I'm going to tap into my spiritual abilities and I'm going to reach out to him and see if there's something that he needs to say to you to help you heal. 
And she said, well, that would be wonderful, Diane. If you could do that, I would really be so help, so so grateful, and it would really be helpful. So I did, and I got into my meditative state, and I breathed, and I tried to reach out to him. And right away he came to me, and he said, there's a tree outside of her window, and tell her that she needs to fertilize the tree and to water it regularly and when the tree blooms, she will be at peace. And I said, okay, well, I will pass this message to her. So she showed up at the hotel about three weeks later. And I sat her down and I said, I don't know if you're ready to hear this or not, but I'm just going to let you know. He reached out to me and he communicated to me that there's a tree outside your window and you need to fertilize it and nourish it and water it and give it love. And when you see that tree bloom, you will be at peace. And of course, she started crying, and she got very emotional, and we hugged. She said, I know exactly what tree you're talking about, Diana, and or what he's talking about. The next time, she traveled through Costa Rica for about two weeks. She went back home. I got a picture on my messenger from her, this beautiful tree with white blossoms all over it. And she said, we've had this tree in our yard for 20 years. It's never blossomed. Wow. She said, I started fertilizing it. I watered it. I trimmed it. Just like you said, just like you wanted me to. And after that, she said, I'm at peace. I'm at absolute peace with him passing. Yep. So (laughs) I believe that prayers are answered in that way. I believe that. Absolutely. Please. I want to ask you about your reference to Tico Angels, because I love that reference, <laughs> and I was to see if you could share that with our audience as well. Tico Angels. Right. Okay. I'd be happy to. Uh, in Costa Rica, the Costa Ricans are referred to as Ticos, T-I-C-O-S. They're a very proud culture, and rightfully so, because if you find yourself stranded or lost, or in any type of situation where you feel that you're in danger, Ticos, which are the Costa Ricans, will literally come out of nowhere. You can be stuck in the jungle, and people will come out of anywhere and just offer you a plate of food or offer you anything you need. You know, if you're lost, like, follow me. We'll take you to where you need to go or something like that. They're just so amazing how they just happen to be at the right place at the right time. And they offer their, they offer their homes. They're offering their beds to sleep in. They're offering you a ride, you know, and this is a culture they have very little. And so for them, it's, it's an honor for them to help others that are in need. And they just have this impeccable timing you can be stuck in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden you look up and there's a family coming towards you with, with plates of food, <laughs> you know, blankets, and <laughs> rain jackets, or, you know, anything you need. It's almost like there's, a, you know, there is a very strong connection to the spiritual world in Costa Rica and they hear you when you, when there's a time of need, they're right there when you need them to be. It's really amazing. I saw that first time myself. Yeah, when uh, Chris, Chris and I got stuck on private property during our trip, and Tico Angels were the owners of the property that actually got us out of the mud with our car, our rental car, 
And if that was right. the United States, we probably would have gotten charged for trespassing. But because we were in Costa Rica, the Tico Angels right. went and got a rig and got us out of there <laughs> during a, a, a monsoon rain that had happened. It was amazing. And um, oh, amazing. one other episode of that, yeah, one other experience with that I remember was when I was backing out, I almost, you know, you don't sometimes see a blind spot or whatever, and I almost hit another car, and I got out, and I apologized. I was so sorry, and they were like, Pura Vida, Pura Vida. And I remember just how <laughs> amazing that is because they're not confrontational at all compared to what you would expect in other places. And I just thought that that was amazing to experience that firsthand. That's exactly right. They're very non-confrontational. They're more like, if you're happy, I'm happy, Pura Vida, and, and everybody's safe, and no one's hurt, and we're fine. And they're more concerned about your happiness than they're concerned about their own happiness. And it's another reason why we live there is because that, you know, it just diffuses any situation that normally in any other part of the world would be an escalated situation. Or, you know, you'd see people calling their lawyers, trying to find out what's in it for them. And in Costa Rica, you know, they're celebrating. If there's a car accident, you know, there's the the neighborhood village comes out and brings food and to all the people that are stranded, you know, just to make them feel more comfortable. And, you know, it's, it's about love and it's about kindness and it's about friendship. And you don't find that in other parts of the world. Absolutely. That's a rare thing. And I wish it was more prevalent, especially in our country here in the United States. Right. Exactly. I, uh, you told me a story about how you helped find a missing dog once in Mexico. I wanted to see if you could share that. Cause that's not just connecting with individuals. That's actually connecting with animals. Right, exactly. Uh, well, I believe that beings, whether they're human beings or animal beings, uh, all have a part, all play a part in the spiritual world. Uh, we we had gone down camping to Mexico's place called K58, and I don't know if any of your listeners have gone camping to Mexico, but they, it's a tradition on the beaches in Mexico to a lot of fireworks. As soon as the sun goes down, fireworks are lit all night and it doesn't matter whether it's a holiday or just a weekend or any day of the week it's the sun goes down light the fireworks <laughs> and they're sold everywhere so naturally everybody's going to start lighting them so they're lighting fireworks and our friends we've gone down there with probably a group there's probably about 10 of us one of our friends brought her lab her black lab named murphy and you know we all arrived at the we all caravan down there and everyone started opening their cardboards, setting up camp. It was probably right at sunset time, about 6.30, something like that. So we're setting up tents, and my friend Lori turns and looks at me, and she said, Murphy's gone, and that's her dog. And I said, oh, no, what happened? And she said, well, he probably heard the fireworks, and he took off because he's a lab. They think, you know, labs are conditioned to think that if there's a fire, you know, if it sounds like a gun, they have to go, they have to go retrieve the birds. <laughs> so he took off not knowing what the fireworks were. And immediately, you know, we started the search party. We searched for a few hours and she just looked at me and she said, Diana, where is he? Look, you know, search, get into your spiritual mindset and find him. And so I did, I, created a, got into my, my little space, meditated for about five minutes, and I pointed, and I said, he's right over there, and he was in a village. And so, sure enough, 20 minutes later, we walked over to the village, and one of the little village children had found him, 
and they tied him up. And I said, here, we found him, and so we brought him back. So it's really powerful to tap into that spirit. Absolutely. That's phenomenal. So you're able to connect with animals, and that's that's beautiful. I, I've done that once myself, um, and I think it's just such a unique experience because you can – especially when you have an outcome that's very positive as a result of your efforts. I feel like that's Absolutely. the most rewarding aspect of everything. I feel like when you can help others and give them the reassurance, and then you have physical proof of something you pick up on as a result of your spirituality, you help locate her dog in that village. That's right. impacting a life in such a way that the average person can't do. I, um, also recall you telling me that you also worked with someone who had a 90 year old grandfather when you lived in California that went missing. And I wanted to see if you could right. share that story as well. Cause they tie into each other. Not that, you know, helping them locate missing loved ones as well who are, who are in some location lost. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. That was a very powerful uh, situation that happened. We um, worked for a company and one of our coworkers his name was Jason also, and he uh, reached out to all of his friends and his coworkers and said, we're doing, we're searching for my 90-year-old grandfather who suffers from Alzheimer's. He wandered away from his home in a part of San Diego, and we haven't been able to find him for two days, and we're worried about him. So we would like to um, start a search party and we would like to ask for volunteers to come and help. So naturally I said, you know, let's go, Mikey. Let's, my, my husband and I went. And there was probably about 40 volunteers. And he looked at me and he said, Diana, I really want you to tap into your spiritual because he had, he had known that I was spiritual, uh, had spiritual energy. And he said, I want you to tap into that and try to find him. So we looked around the neighborhood. We looked in different areas. And there was this large embankment with, um, it was a, like a field of just like dried grass that had gone down a big giant embankment. It was probably about a 30 to 40 foot embankment with um, shrubbery down below. And so we're walking and I said to them, I said, he's down there. He's down at the end of that embankment at the bottom of these bushes. And my husband said, no, 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 the search party already looked down there. And I said, well, they didn't look hard enough because I, I feel his energy is down there. And they said, no, they already looked down there. So then we just kind of moved on and did some other, looked in different areas. And I said, okay, I accepted it. We went to other areas. We started searching other areas and, of course, didn't find them. So it got dark and we stopped the search party. It kind of ended. And then they resumed it the next day. But I think we had plans. We had to go to do something else so we couldn't go the next day. But Mikey asked our friend Jason, did we find? Did they find him? And they said, yep. And so where did they find him? And they said, they found him at the bottom of the large embankment at the bottom of the shrubbery down there where Diana wow. said body was. So That's some powerful the, stuff. <laughs> it's powerful. And what's, what's really interesting is to really believe in that power. Um, because like anything, you when you believe in it, it's it's rewarded and it's, it's like watering a tree. It, it, it flourishes and it's, it, it becomes more powerful the more you use it and the more you believe in it. Definitely. One of the last things I want to ask you about is your angel cards. I know that they're dear to you. And how long have you had those angel cards for? 
Uh, let's see, my girlfriend Jamie gave them to me, I believe, on my 30th birthday. So, yeah, probably okay. about... We don't need to know your age. <laughs> we don't need to know <laughs> okay. your, your age. You could just say a while or, or a short period of time, plus, actually. 10 plus years. <laughs> we'll just say a short a period while. of time. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> um, utilizing the angel cards, what, uh, what, do, what do you get from them? Because I try to use different cards and different things, and, for, and I just read energy. I don't even, you know, I, I rely on my, I used to call a long time ago when I first started out vibing. I don't call it anymore. I just, I simplify it for people. And I say, when I'm a medium, I pick up on the loved, on the deceased loved one's energy connected to them, love the form of energy. So that helps me connect to them that way. When I do intuitive guidance or any type of spiritual reading like that, it's also energy as well. That's just my simplified way of looking at my own paradigm. How do you, sure. what do you get when you look at the oral, at the angel cards? Like, how do you? How do you read them, and, and what do you pick up from them? Well, I mean, I think you, what you just said is really powerful. Uh, we all have, you know, different platforms that we use to search for guidance and um, to, you know, to pray. Uh, I use them for answers. I use them for guidance. Uh, my husband and I use them when we travel. Anytime there's something that's troubling us, time for an angel card, and uh, I believe that the angels give us messages through several different realms, whether it's through a sign, or whether it's through angel cards, or whether it's through a book, or whether it's through people that come into your life. Um, I use these, in fact, I have them spread out in front of me right now. <laughs> um, Excellent. But they're, they're very powerful. Um, one situation um, that I'd like to touch on that occurred I'd like to share with your listeners is um, there's a place in Nicaragua that my husband and I traveled to and it's an island in the middle of Lake Nicaragua called Ometempe and on Ometempe uh, there's two live active volcanoes and on that island there's an ancient temple there and when we went there it was kind of rubble because the Sandinistas had bombed it back when Noriega was in power and there was turmoil in the country. Well, we went there and I brought my angel cards and I picked an angel card and then we shuffled the deck and my husband picked an angel card and we shuffled the deck and then together we picked a third angel card. And each time that we picked an angel card, it was the same card three times in a row. This is after shuffling the deck three different times. Wow. I'm not sure what the odds of that are being, but we were in this temple when this happened. And the angel card that we chose each three times was children. Hmm. So that was a really powerful message from the spirits. We were in a very powerful, spiritual, ancient temple. And for us to pick that card three times in a row after shuffling the deck to us was a very powerful message. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And do you, do you use your spiritual, uh, your angel cards to help other people? Do you um, bring them out? Absolutely. Kind of, <laughs> I remember you did it with me a while ago. That was like six years ago. And I, I was pretty amazed by it. I think it's just one of those phenomenal things. If you were, let's say there's a listener listening to us right now. And they might be anywhere. They could be in the middle of the country. They could be in Costa Rica. They could be anywhere because the internet is vast. 
what suggestions would you give to our listeners if they feel they have their own innate ability, but they're not so confident in themselves? Sometimes they get those hunches or they might feel like they pick up something that is not just from the five physical senses. What would you suggest to our audience that they should do to further their spiritual path based on your own personal experiences and your own development? I know this is a big step for you coming on the show because I know you don't really air yourself as, I mean, yes, you call yourself spiritual, but you don't really bring yourself out as having these abilities, which I definitely identify and recognize. Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Well, the first thing I would say would be to trust, trust those intuitions, Uh, trust that that's not just, those aren't coincidences. Um, Those are absolutely angels trying to get your attention, um, guidance, any type of guidance that you have, surround yourself with crystals, hold on to the crystals, uh, continue to pray, and ask the angels to, to give to show you signs and open your mind and heart to those signs. When we're closed in our mind and in our heart, we're not able to receive messages and it's important that we open up and we look for the signs and that we meditate regularly so that we can grow spiritually. We all have the ability, um, but in today's society, and like you said, the technology world um, and the scientific world, it's, it's jaded our abilities to be able to connect with the natural spiritual world. So get out in nature and find a quiet spot and breathe and pray and hold crystals in your hand and and don't be afraid to trust that energy because it's very it's a very wonderful way to guide your life and to help others guide their lives. Absolutely. What's your favorite crystal that you like to use? <laughs> the rose quartz. Um, it's um, rose quartz is signifies love to your heart and I hold it very true to my heart because I like to believe that love and celebration and life is is why we're here you know it's to heal ourselves to love each other to celebrate life and to just live our lives from that perspective I just believe that and I believe that that's what the angels are, that's their message to us. And we just need to open our minds and hearts to that. So I use rose quartz to, to just really empower that in my myself. Absolutely. That's one of my favorites as well. <laughs> what is your contact information for your hotel? If any of our audience wants to come visit your hotel, where would they go to book that? Oh, perfect. Yeah, okay. Our website is um, Pelican Beach. HotelCR.com and Pelican Beach HotelCR.com, or you can find us on Facebook at um, Hotel Pelicano, and that's P E C L I C A O N S, Pelicano's Hotel. Excellent. Is there a, yep. uh, a a number or an email address, just in case, too, that they oh, want to sure. try to reach you? Yep. Yeah, the email address is 
Pelicanos with an S, Pelicanos Hotel at gmail.com. Perfect. Perfect. Diana, we've come to the uh, end of our episode. I deeply appreciate you taking the time to record this with me and look forward to working with you further. I, I think you have so many more stories that you could tell that just, and, and you're going to experience this continuously, I believe in your future path as well. Um, just, you know, you're living as an unsung hero, I call it. You're not looking for any recognition or any acclaim. You're just doing this because it's natural to you and it's spiritual. And the fact that you're living on your path and that the universe has set you up to be where you are, you're working quiet miracles for people. And I think that's amazing. And I just want to thank you for coming on our show today. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Jason, for having me. And thank you for all your listeners. And um, you are doing something so wonderful to create such an amazing audience to, you know, just heal the world and just help people you know, continue to thank guide you. them and keep doing your positive messages to others. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. Thank you all for right. coming on the show. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast.